This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to a Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And this is going to be a very interesting show, something very different than what we have done in the past. It's funny because Le'Veon Bell is known for having a lot of injuries in addition to how gifted a football player he is. And so people were wondering how worried should they be about his injuries. And obviously... I know what I know. Other people know what they know, but nobody knows like somebody who deals with those types of injuries for a living. And so one of the people that reached out to me was a doctor named Steven Stoller. He reached out and said, listen, if the Jets get Le'Veon Bell, I'll be happy to come on your podcast. I was an orthopedic surgeon for 35 years. I've worked with a ton of athletes, including Arturo Gatti, Andrew Galata, a lot of big names, and I'd be happy to come on and talk about the injuries. And so I said, sure, sounds interesting. And then when Bell signed, he reached back out and said, hey, just let me know when. And so here we are doing this show, talking about all the injuries in the history with a lot of the big acquisitions that the Jets have gotten, specifically Le'Veon Bell on top of all of them. It's a really interesting look under the hood, and it gives us a good idea of what we can expect and just how nervous or not nervous we should be with these injuries. So, Doc, thanks so much for coming on, man. Oh, thank you, Scott, and thanks for having me on Play Like a Jet. And um, I have to say that I'm a big uh, fan of Play Like the Jet. I listen to all the podcasts, um, and I would say out of all the people I listen to on podcasts or um, social media, Scott, that you are the most level-headed and reasonable (laughs) of all the people I listen to, so I think in that case that I should be able to anoint you a really big deal. (laughs) <laughs> me and chris nimbly i'm working up the ranks chris always uh, I, I think i think that you're you're now a really big deal <laughs> i'm getting there I, I guess maybe i'm almost that really big deal but chris is still very big deal so he's gonna have right, me beat you, for a while then you know what you could be a big deal <laughs> this is what happens when you learn at the feet of the master chris nimbly you get up to the point where people are thinking that you might even be sort of at his level so i'll take that for now but i wanted to ask you a lot about these injuries doc yes. because there's so much to unpack especially with Le'Veon bell we'll start with him let's go through it year by year the first okay. one that happened was in 2013 what can you tell me about that okay so Le'Veon bell sustained a midfoot sprain, which is called a Lisfranc fracture or injury. And usually that's a really severe injury, and there are different grades to it. But most of the Lisfranc um, injuries require surgery, and you'd be he certainly would have been out for the season. But his uh, must have been very mild because he didn't require surgery. I'm sure he was put in a cast or a boot. Um, and he only missed three weeks of time. So, again, it was a very mild injury, and he shouldn't have any problems in the future. And I think his prognosis in this case would be good to excellent. So this isn't something that would worry anybody in the long run? No, not at all. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. 
They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Then he had another injury, as we know, in 2014, the very next year. Is that something that would be a little more worrisome? Yes, it could be. And he, he Bell sustained a hyperextension injury of his knee. And um, that can cause, you know, all different degrees of injuries. But in this particular case, he was treated conservatively with bracing and, again, only missed three weeks of time. So it really couldn't have been that serious. I mean, there are no MRI reports to um, reveal that there's any significant structural damage. So, again, with this injury, his prognosis would be good to excellent. And the next year, he had another injury in 2015. What about that one? Okay, in 2015, uh, Le'Veon sustained a MCL injury requiring a surgical repair. Uh, the MCL is the medial collateral ligament, and that's a ligament on the inner part of your thigh but it's actually outside the joint itself and because it's outside the joint it has a very good blood supply and it heals very well as a matter of fact some orthopedic surgeons with this particular injury would have treated it conservatively without surgery um, since it does heal very well Um, but the, the you know the medical staff for the Pittsburgh Steelers, very good, uh, and they uh, and he had obviously had a very good repair since he returned the following year. Now, I also read somewhere that in addition to his MCL, he had a PCL injury, and it's unclear whether or not he had surgery for his PCL, his posterior cruciate ligament. But if he did that would have kept him out much longer and the results would have been less favorable. So I would imagine that maybe the MRI showed that he had some signal uh, within the PCL, but no structural damage that didn't need to be reconstructed. And I would guess that the same mechanism of the mechanism of injury for his MCL is not the same as a PCL and The PCL injury, if it was present, was probably due to a 2014 injury. So you would say that it's not something, again, that you would have to worry about in the long run being a major hindrance to him? No, based on his function afterwards, and if it's just an isolated MCL, as it used to be, that he would have a good excellent prognosis and it should not be a factor. But there was another injury after that, though, right? Yes. 
2017, Bell also sustained a sports hernia during the AFC Championship game against the Patriots. And a sports hernia is a tear of the abdominal muscle and the thigh muscle from the bone of the, of the pubic bone of the pelvis. And this is caused by sudden changes in direction, which is very common with running backs. Um, his was surgically um, treated by reattaching the tendon to the bone. Um, he had this during the offseason, and he returned without missing any time. Um, it's, the, the repair has excellent results. It's really a minimally invasive uh, procedure, and his prognosis is good to excellent. Um, this particular injury is really a lot more common with soccer players than it is with football players. Um, but I do believe that Bell uh, should not have any, you know, problems. And I think in general, with all his injuries, if he's in, you know, football shape, um, I wouldn't have any reservations about any lingering problems. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Let me ask you a little bit about that Bell injury that we were talking about in 2017, the last of the injuries. You mentioned that it would be fairly common for a running back because of the change of direction. Bell was reportedly playing with that injury for a couple of weeks before it got to the point where it was so bad that he really couldn't function in the second half of that Patriots game. Can you talk to me a little bit about just how much pain a person would be in trying to play through that? Yes, they would definitely. They would be in pain, and it's not uncommon for other players who have played a period of time and just had the surgery at the end of the season. Um, but you know, think about it. Your your abdominal muscles is you know a very large muscle, and your thigh muscle, part of the thigh muscle, when it tears off of the bone. Um, it gets scar tissue, it gets inflamed, and with a lot of movements, you know, especially running um, and anything require your core strength, it's going to aggravate and cause pain. So it really depends on the individual on how much pain you're able to, you know, withstand. But um, I'm sure he was uh, significantly uncomfortable playing with this prior to his surgery. But overall, you would say, based on the injuries and based on how he seemed to recover, that there isn't much that Jets fans should really be worried about as far as Bell breaking down, right? No, I don't see any. I think that, that he should be, if it, you know, providing he's in football shape, I think taking the year off and having the you know, other minor injuries that he might have heal, I think he'd probably be in better shape. Let's talk a little bit about Jamison Crowder. This is a guy that didn't have a lot of injuries until this past year. He missed half the season. What can you tell me about the injury that he sustained? Um, he sustained an ankle sprain, and you know he was treated conservatively. I think with you know with a cast boot, non weight bearing, and then eventually a brace. 
um, and his MRI did not reveal that he had a high ankle sprain. Now, a high ankle sprain is a different animal, um, and he would have been out, you know, probably um, almost for the season if he did have a high ankle sprain. But a regular ankle sprain, if he didn't have play his position, he probably would have been back a couple of weeks earlier. But being that he's a receiver that, uh, you know, is fast and has to cut, you know, quickly, um, you don't want to rush him back from an ankle sprain because the ligaments will heal in a stretched out position and he will then have a recurrent uh, problem with his ankle. So he was treated, you know, conservatively for an ample amount of time. And when the ligaments were healed, um, he was allowed to go back. So I think his prognosis is also very good to excellent. So you would say that in the case of Crowder, it was just a matter of being extra cautious because he's a receiver and relies so much on his feet. Yes. And, and his, you know, his cutting. So he puts a lot of stress on his ankle. So, you know, maybe if he was a lineman, you know, he could have come back with his ankle taped or braced and, you know, come back a couple of weeks earlier then someone, you know, is a slot receiver and has to make a lot of cuts, you know, going at high speed. But this isn't anything to be worried about carrying over into 2019. No. Hey, guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. And then as far as Colesio Semele, that's another guy that has had a litany of injuries. Not quite as extensive as Le'Veon Bell, but he is somebody that had a major surgery. So why don't we start there? Talk to me a little bit about the back surgery that Semele had a couple of years ago and what the ramifications of that could be. Well, when I first saw this in, in 2013, that Semele had a, a back surgery for a bulging disc. And, you know, once you hear back surgery, um, you are sort of alarmed and red flags should go up. Um, and for a bulging disc, just so I can explain it, the disc, if you think of it as a, uh, a jelly donut and with the uh, jelly on the inside, if the jelly squeezes out, like in a bulging disc or a herniated disc, that jelly can then press against the nerve root, causing intense pain and possible weakness. Now, I would imagine that this is not from a particular injury, but multiple injuries, and he probably had some form of this prior to 2013. But in 2013, he did have surgery, and he recovered well, and lower back injuries are more common with offensive linemen due to the tremendous torque that they put on their lower back. Now, his prognosis would be guarded uh, if I did not know that he'd been playing with it, it post-surgery for five years and has been without any symptoms. So in this case, I would say that his prognosis is good. But still something that could pop up as a problem at some point only because when you have a back surgery at that size, it can wear a guy down when he's over 300 pounds and getting older, right? Yes. Or what can happen 
is the next level above um, because there's surgery at the level below, you can have a stress riser, um, meaning an, the torque could be transferred to the level above, and you could have a problem there. But I think based on uh, being, again, it's five years, he's asymptomatic, and I think that he probably has no more chance of having an injury than anyone else in his position. What was the next thing that popped up on the injury report with Kalesia Simile? Um, in 2018, there wasn't anything really severe. He had a nonspecific knee injury, but he only missed three weeks, so I don't think that that should be a problem. And then he sustained an injury to his toe. I imagine his gray toe, um, and he only missed two weeks. So again, I think his prognosis is for these two injuries is also good to excellent. So these are more just minor injuries, nothing to be concerned about. Yes. If you were to add those injuries to the back injury, is that something where you might be thinking to yourself that this guy who's over 300 pounds and he's over 30 years old might be starting to break down a little bit physically? You know, I'd have to see more injuries and, and certain injuries that are related to that, um, which I don't see. And I also don't know, like, you know, if he was developing, um, you know, forms of arthritis and you know maybe that certainly that would be a concern and those are things that i would look for in someone being over 300 pounds you know one of his joints his knee his ankle you know maybe his hip you know if he's developing some form of arthritis but there's nothing here to lead me believe that that he has um so i think that all in all um he's in pretty good shape this is the Overtime Podcast Network. So, Doc, when you're talking about investing major money in these guys, obviously we know what Le'Veon Bell got, $13 million a year, over $25 million guaranteed. Jamison Crowder getting $17 million guaranteed at about $9.5 million a year. Kalesio Simile, no guaranteed money, but he is going to make between 10 and $11 million a year over the next two years should the Jets keep him. You would say that these investments are perfectly sound considering their health, that they shouldn't be worried about buying lemons or anything like that from a physical standpoint. Uh, you know, I would say for uh, Le'Veon and uh, Jameson, you know, without a doubt, for Osemele, if, if I was on the medical staff, I would like to get an MRI um, prior to signing them. I don't know if, if they did or didn't, but I, if it was my choice and i was advising him i'd like to get an mri but overall i do think that and especially if the money's not guaranteed that it's a safe investment doc are there any specific injuries that jets fans might want to look out for that could be a pattern for any of these three guys especially Le'Veon bell who's had a string of them yeah i don't think except for his knee none of them are none of his injuries are really connected so uh yes you want and i don't know what which knee it's whether it's right or left knee um, but if he does have any further problems, then you, you may want to be concerned that he, he may have a chronic problem with his knee. I mean, otherwise his other injuries that are really non-factors, you know, same thing with, uh, Jameson Crowder, you know, I think his ankle sprain shouldn't be, uh, an issue. And for assembly, unless, except for his back. And his back has been fine for five years. Um, I wouldn't be concerned. But if he did develop 
a lower back problem um, during the season, I would be concerned. While I have you on, I wanted to talk to you more about some of the guys that are already on the roster in addition to the new guys. And I wanted to bring up Quincy Nunez specifically because he's a guy that's had a lot of injuries. But the biggest one was 2017 when he had the bulging discs in his neck and he was out six to nine months. And then last year we know he went on injured reserve again. How worried would you be if you were the Jets investing money in him because they just signed him to an extension through 2022 with that neck with a wide receiver who's going to be taking a pounding on a weekly basis? Would you be worried about that? Uh, absolutely. Yes, I would definitely. A cervical spine injury and a cervical spine surgery, um, I would be definitely uh, concerned. And I'd also be concerned, again, like you mentioned, with the position he plays as a receiver. I, I don't know the exact surgery that he had, but I would assume that he had what's called a neck fusion. So the area of question, the bones would be fused together so there's no more movement. Um, I, I think otherwise just doing what's called a laminectomy, you know, a lesser procedure would leave his neck to be, you know, somewhat unstable uh, for a professional football player whose position is a receiver. So if he had a fusion, uh, like I mentioned before, the level above would be more susceptible to injury. Um, so I would be concerned no differently, you know, than with, uh, the, you know, our running back that also had neck surgery this year, Wow, Powell. So you would say that with a noon where the Jets should really keep their eye on him, and with Powell, how likely do you think it would be that he would be able to come back and really play again after that at his age? Yeah. You know, I, I think he should be able to come back and, and, you know, play. But then, again, you're talking about time off, and was he able to maintain himself in the same football shape that he did before since he is reaching the age of 30, which seems to be a time where – you know, running backs do drop off. Um, I would say if his, you know, if his surgery is successful and the doctors are, you know, comfortable with it, um, you know, I think if he came back to the Jets and he had a limited role, he should be okay. But, you know, any time a neck injury, uh, you, you have to be concerned in football. And with thumb and shoulder injuries, you would think, especially with guys that are making tackles and such, you'd be concerned as well, which is what we know happened with Marcus May. He's been dinged up and had a ton of injuries. He basically missed the bulk of last season with injuries ranging from anything, like I said, thumb and shoulder. And he's had all kinds of different things that have popped up over the last two years. And he's an older guy, too, at 26 years old. Is he a guy that the Jets should be concerned about and maybe be planning for the next stage of things at the safety position based on those injuries do you think one of the things in his uh, favor is that you know with the almost all the shoulder surgery now is done arthroscopically and the success rate for a lot of these shoulder injuries are you know very successful um, but with most of the surgeries it's not that he's unable to do the things that he was able to do before but you have to give it a significant time for the ligaments to heal to usually ligaments to heal to bone and that takes um up to six months so if you're returning too early even though you had successful surgery you could re-injure the same um, injury because you haven't given it enough time to heal and that time is usually about six months 
So, it, you know, it could have been successful surgery and he could have been, you know, with full range of motion within a short period of time. And he may have even felt like he could return, but you don't want him to return because you, you want him to be able to heal. So it's not a problem in the future. And then the big one that obviously everybody really wants to know about is the injury that was sustained by Sam Darnold during the 2018 season. Now, we know that he came back and played really, really well, but is that the kind of thing that can linger a foot injury like that? I know he only missed a handful of games and they were being extra cautious, but we've seen that before where guys will have those nagging injuries and it starts early on. Is that the kind of thing that the Jets should have their eye on? You know, it was never specified what kind of injury he had to his foot. And it couldn't have been any, it couldn't have been anything serious. Like, you know, like we mentioned, a Liz Frank fracture or, you know, a turf toe, things that would require longer period of time, um, you know, being treated. And since it was such a short period of time and, you know, he came back, you know, rel- he came back relatively quickly. And would know, I, you know, I looked at him, I didn't see like he was favoring it or what, what is called an antalgic gait. Um, so I don't know. I, I think he may have had a minor injury. And I'm just, you know, in my opinion, that maybe the Jets kept him out a little bit longer just so he could sit down and, um, watch the, the game from a different perspective. And I think it worked because when he came back, he was on fire. Yeah, he absolutely looked fantastic. But if he's going to keep looking fantastic, he's going to need to be protected by the offensive line. And one of the guys that's going to need to do the protecting is Brandon Shell, who had knee surgery in the offseason. At first, it looked like he wasn't going to be ready to play to start the 2019 season. Now they're saying he probably will. We don't know this. We don't know the specifics of the knee injury, but we do know that it doesn't involve damage to the ACL, MCL, or PCL. That would indicate that it's probably not going to be some sort of long-term serious problem, right? What I read is that he had a complicated problem. So I don't, and nothing else was explained. So I, I, I mean, I could think about all different scenarios, what it could be. And then they came back and they said, well, it wasn't as complicated as they thought. So I really don't know what he had done. And I'm, I'm not, so I really can't comment that much about it because it does sound something unusual. Uh, so we'll have to see, we'll have to see, you know, how he responds to it. But I guess if they didn't look to pick up a free agent, um, for his position, and I don't believe they did for right tackle, uh, they must be pretty confident that he's going to make a full recovery. But if he had torn his ACL, that would be something to keep an eye on, right? Because that's what happened with Kelvin Beecham a couple of years ago. Tore his ACL at the end of his rookie contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers and then ended up not getting re-signed, went to the Jaguars and came to the Jets and hasn't really seemed to regain his form. He's been okay, but he was much better with the Steelers, it seems, than he's been with the Jaguars and the Jets. What kind of effect can an injury like the ACL have have on a guy like Kelvin Beecham who plays the left tackle position. You know, ACL injuries in the past used to be totally dreaded because it was rare that a football player would return from an ACL injury, you know, a la Gale Sayers. I mean, he had an ACL injury and then he never was able to return. And that was true of, you know, most players. With today's techniques for 
re repairing or reconstructing an ACL, um, almost everyone comes back and almost everyone comes back fully. So if he had an isolated ACL injury without any concomitant uh, other injuries, like a meniscus or damage to the articular cartilage, uh, he should be fine. He should really be fine. Last one I wanted to ask you about, Doc, because as I was asking before about Le'Veon Bell and what it's like to play through an injury like the one that he had in his groin, I wanted to know about Brian Winters, who in 2017 was much maligned by the fan base because he was playing with injuries that we didn't know about. And it turned out that he tore his abdomen and abductor muscles in week number two of the season and found a way to play through the entire year. Talk to me a little bit about what that would be like, because that sounds like it would be an impossible task and something that would be incredibly hard for somebody to get through. And to me, that would explain a lot about his poor play in 2017. Yeah, in his position, it would be very difficult because, you know, the power that he needs in the core and, you know, with his hips, um, you know, he he had what Le'Veon Bell had, a sports hernia. And you know, a lot of players have it. And like we mentioned before, you know, some players can play through the pain and some can't. So, yeah, he was an Iron Man for completing this season. And, uh, you know, even and more of an Iron Man that he never complained about it. But this, the, the surgery that he had, um, you know, should completely uh, resolve the problem and issues that he has. Let's hope so, because as we know, Sam Darnold is going to need all the help he can get on the offensive line, and we talked about all of his major offensive linemen, because we obviously don't know for sure who the center is going to be and what the injury situations are, but it sounds like fans shouldn't be super worried about the injuries that these guys have had and that they're going to be okay and should be able to build a fortress of sorts around Sam Darnold, or at least it'll be an improved line with Colesio Simile now that we know that we don't have to worry so much about the injuries that he sustained. Doc, thank you so much for coming on. Really oh, appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having me. This is really a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope during the season, maybe you'll come back and we'll do like weekly injury segments and we can break down the injury report or something. I'd love to. It'd be my pleasure. It's great getting this kind of insight because this is obviously not the kind of thing that you can get from the average person. Somebody who is an orthopedic surgeon for 35 years has a different way of looking at things, and I really appreciate you coming on. For anybody that's unfamiliar with where to find you or how to talk to you, I know that you're retired now, but I'm sure you would appreciate interacting with other Jets fans, right? Yes. Uh, you could find me on the internet at my website, drstoller.com. And uh, my practice was American Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. And he is more than willing to answer all of your questions about Jets injuries if you want to reach out to him on Twitter. You only have to pay him like nine ninety nine per question, right, Doc? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's great. I'd be glad to answer any questions whenever you have them. Thanks again so much, Doc. And like I said, let's right. put something together and do a weekly injury report. In the meantime, make sure you interact with Dr. Stoller on Twitter. Check out his website. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.